G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. Life, Culture and Current Events from a Biblical Perspective, 2020 on Vision. Wendy Francis from the Australian Christian Lobby is joining us. Hello, Wendy. Welcome back to 2020. Thank you so much, Neil. Uh, Wendy, Chappelle Corby is back in Australia and uh, everybody's talking about it in the mainstream media. Uh, her arrival, in fact, described as something of a media circus. What are your thoughts on, uh, on her arrival back in Australia? To tell you the truth, I'd like to get to the girl and just give her a big hug and say, welcome home. Um, you've learnt from your mistakes, I hope, and, and, you know, go and sin no more sort of thing. I feel uh, very sorry for her. I've, I'm as surprised, I think, as everybody else about the fascination. It just, um, yeah, I, I, it's crazy, Neil. I, I mean, does it go back to our convict past? Is that what it is? Do we somehow identify uh, with those who we think maybe have been denied a fair go or that the law has overreached? Uh, I don't know. Uh, one other question, I guess, in my mind, is it is it because she's more pretty um, than perhaps other? And I think we do have a, a, a softness for people who we think uh, are pretty or beautiful. I mean, there is another young Australian woman, Renee Lawrence, who still is in prison in Bali over drug charges, but we don't hear of Renee or there's no... There's no media coverage on Renee. Um, yeah, so I guess I'm answering your question with a whole lot of other questions that I have. There are lots of questions, aren't there? And we do have this fascination with anti-heroes. Uh, mm. And uh, as you say, maybe that goes back to our convict heritage. Uh, maybe goes back to the idea of uh, making a hero out of, uh, of the likes of Ned Kelly, uh, who was a criminal, a convicted criminal, and yet uh, and somehow or other uh, has a soft spot in our hearts. Uh, I imagine, though, with all of the uh, media circus we were talking about, that there is some sort of plot afoot uh, to, in fact, uh, you know, glean uh, some level of uh, extra notoriety so that one day when there's a book or an interview, those sorts of things. Mm. Uh, but there, of course, are issues to do with uh, proceeds of crime. And, uh, and I know that there'll be authorities who'll be clamping down on the idea that she might be paid for any interviews or books and things like that. Uh, so uh, so the, the hide-and-seek game that's being played, it, it may actually not amount to anything much. Well, that's right. And I think that um, begs another question. Who is paying for all of this hide-and-seek? I mean, the, the cost of um, business, fare, business airfares for Virgin that weren't used, the cost of those cars that are, you know, many of them, the cost of the whole hotels and, and the hide-and-seek, where is all that money coming from? It's just, like, I... I yeah, I must admit, there's more questions for me than, than answers in it all. Well, we'll monitor along a little of that fascination, and uh, it's an interesting thing. And you know what, the, the, the 12 years has gone by, it seems to me, so quickly. I mean, we were all 12 years younger when that was all hitting our our screens and the controversy over Chappelle Corby, and uh, it doesn't seem that long at all, but uh, it's been certainly in the media all that time. 
Some uh, cases just do really grab our attention, but I think for Christians, it, it should just call us back to praying for Chappelle. That's what we should be doing, I think. And um, I, I really appreciate your comments, uh, that if you had the opportunity uh, mm-hmm. to throw your arms around Chappelle, uh, welcome her home, and uh, in the words of Jesus, when, uh, uh, when he uh, spoke with the woman who was caught in a sin, uh, yep. Go away and sin no more. I mean, I think yep. uh, that's a that's a wonderful response as a Christian as to, uh, to perhaps the way we ought to respond in this case. Mm. Thanks, Neil. Let's talk about the latest news poll. And given that we're so far away from any sort of federal election, uh, talking about polls is not always uh, going to mean a whole lot. Uh, but the Turnbull government. They, of course, have had a bit of a bid to win back some disaffected voters uh, with uh, what they thought was a very, uh, you know, popular budget. Uh, what are your thoughts on latest polling figures, Wendy Francis? Well, you you just said um, that the, you know, the talking about polls might not mean a whole lot. I actually think that's exactly what's happening with the Turnbull government. I think everything they're saying is not meaning a whole lot to to very many people. And so we're not sure what they're actually standing for. Their message, for me, appears to be a little bit jumbled and unclear. And they they speak about um, school funding. They speak about avoiding major new spending cuts. But we're not really... The message isn't cutting through and not we're not really understanding it. And, of course, you know, poor opinion polls are, are something that, in the past, have actually meant we've gotten rid of prime ministers. Um, so... It's very understandable for the Turnbull government to be saying we're not looking at polls and we're not we don't govern on the basis of of a, of a poll, um, but the polls are saying that people are just not connecting with this government. Mm. Uh, and that's an ongoing debate. It's an ongoing commentary that happens during uh, the term of a government, and uh, plenty more, no doubt, to be talked about uh, with regards to uh, polls and and whether the government in in fact is uh, cutting through because it seems to me. I mean, when there's an economic uh, dimension to what government does uh, and then there's a social dimension to what government does, uh, in some ways they both have to line up for people to be uh, happy with the direction of a government. And, uh, and, and, and that always is up for debate, Wendy Francis. Absolutely, because you know, part of the, the discussion at the moment is the whole school funding boost. But at the same time, on the other side of what you're talking about, and I always find what you're saying is, very insightful, um, Neil. I, I love talking to you for this reason. But the, you know, on the other side of that, we've got the whole safe schools and respectful relationship stuff in the schools, and so we're seeing, you know, school funding on the one side, and we're interested in the economics of it. But we're also really, really passionately concerned about what our children are being taught and where they are in globally in the in the ratings and the rankings of of um, what they're actually learning, and so. People are concerned about that, and we just seem, again, to be getting a bit of a jumbled message. Wendy, another big issue which has deepened over the weekend, uh, the push for a more substantial recognition of the Aboriginal community in the Constitution. So yeah. uh, the Aboriginal community saying uh, we don't want just some sort of a, you know, a, a romantic uh, uh, way of recognising uh, Aboriginal Australia, but uh, but the talk of treaties and deepening the uh, the way that uh, any sort of constitutional change might affect uh, the way that the Aboriginal community uh, exists and uh, and is part of the Australian uh, culture. Uh, what are your thoughts on on the push for a more substantial recognition? 
Well, I, I think that there's, you know, no doubt that uh, Sorry Day that we've celebrated and we're about to move into NADOC, these are really, um, these are key times and they, they have a deep sort of meaning to people. But what the Aboriginal people are saying and what we're all hearing is it's all very well to say these things, but unless we start fixing the health problems, unless we start um, changing the educational standards for our Aboriginal people, then they're very empty and hollow words. And, you know, from my point of view, our Aboriginal citizens played a key role in forming our social and our cultural heritage. Um, our history definitely shows that they haven't been treated with the respect that they deserved, often, times. I mean, in Tasmania, the, the Indigenous population was all but wiped out. Um, when, when the British settled in Australia, the Aboriginal people were actually considered to be a dying race that weren't expected to survive. And I think our original constitution that came into force in the 19, early 1900s was written in the light of that understanding. And so they were excluded from things like our nation's census. Um, you know, our Aboriginal people weren't even given the right to vote until 1962. And even then, it was on different terms as other Australians. I mean, that Aboriginal people were only made like it was compulsory to vote, the same as everybody else, only in 1983. So this, is, this has been a journey that the um, Aboriginal people have been on. I don't think that the answer is going to be found in politics, but I do think the answer is found in the church. For me, all the answers are found in Jesus. And so the answer is found in the church and the church actually reaching out to the Aboriginal community. But I, but I do personally support um, a treaty. I support a change in the constitution if that is something that the Aboriginal people would see as being meaningful. But when, whenever we tamper with the constitution, we have to be very, very careful uh, because it is a document that, that if just the slightest word change can actually change more than what we even think. So I, I, I think um, with caution, but I do think that this needs to be done in conjunction with our Aboriginal leaders. There are many amazing uh, Aboriginal Christian leaders throughout our country and, and I'd love to hear from them as well. I think you reflect, Wendy Francis, uh, from my position uh, when I've spoken to Christian leaders about uh, Aboriginal recognition in the Constitution. There's always this sort of broad support for that idea. So uh, the Christian community, uh, I would suspect, stands fairly rock solid with the Aboriginal community for a constitutional recognition. As you say, though, as soon as you start to change words or even push too far... Uh, the way that we tend to vote in referendums when it comes to changing issues in our constitution, uh, if it looks like it's uh, pushed too far and it'll be a little bit too hard, uh, there's this sort of reactionary thing that we have and it's, it seems to be built into our Aussie culture. So uh, for the Aboriginal community, it's going to be a challenge, isn't it, to say how far can we push uh, with uh, constitutional recognition and for things like treaties, and how far is too far uh, that will cause Aussies to say, hang on a second, that is too far. Uh, your thoughts on maybe a balance in there? I do think that we need to tread very carefully and it needs to be done in conjunction, as I say, with our Aboriginal leaders because if uh, we did hold a referendum and the Australian people voted no for one reason or another, if they felt that it was going too far, if they felt they were being pushed that would just set us back um, so badly in, in any sense of reconciliation. You know, to, to have a no vote would be a disaster. 
So we virtually, if we're going to have a referendum, we need to know that that all Australians are really backing this change and it's just a, a basically going into it saying, yes, this is what we want, but we're going to hear from the Australian people, um, but we know we know that this is the way we're moving forward. So we sort of almost need to know the answer before we actually go to the vote, um, which maybe sounds a little bit um, counterintuitive, but I do think it's, it's, it is a very important um, consideration that we can't afford to have a no vote on a referendum that is moving towards reconciliation. Well, let's tackle one more issue before I let you go. Okay. Uh, and we are going to be having quite a significant conversation ahead. Uh, but Margaret Court has been in the news over the weekend. Things deepening, in fact, uh, so far as this story goes, as far as I can see. Uh, but some comments made last week, uh, a criticism of the Qantas CEO, Alan Joyce, and and even the thought of, uh, of not flying with Qantas any longer because she can't abide by the fact that the company is using uh, its uh, resources to support same-sex marriage. Your thoughts on, on how that whole thing is unfolding, Wendy Francis? Well, um, to start with, I think Margaret's almost as famous as Chappelle Corby in the news at the moment. <laughs> and they're both on the Gold Coast, as far as I know, because Margaret's going to be in Queensland this week. So, um, look, I just uh, honestly respect Margaret so much. And I watched, um, I've watched her be ridiculed and criticised um, with great sadness. I think the lack of respect that has been shown to Margaret. You can disagree with somebody and still be respectful, and that has not happened. I um, support Margaret's position biblically. I support her right to actually say it. She's actually speaking about a, a, a um, legislation that is Australian legislation, current legislation, and she's standing for that. People have called for her name to be removed from uh, the Margaret Court Stadium. That is just atrocious. Um, and in my mind, we've got the other ridiculous thing of that, and I find it um, very perplexing. We've got Etihad Stadium, which is um, backed by the United Arab Emirates, where homosexuals are actually banned and homosexuals are jailed at the very least. And and so we have this, um, you know, really weird situation where Margaret's just speaking out for marriage, and and people are calling for her name to be removed from a tennis stadium, um, you know. The same-sex marriage activists are always saying that they are campaigning for respect and for tolerance, but they have shown nothing of that themselves. There's been no respect and tolerance for Margaret. You know, we've seen not just for Margaret, but you know, in the past few months, we've just seen so many cases of bullying with the Cooper's beer, with ACL's meeting uh, that was had to be moved from the hotel, with you know the Catholic Archbishop and. Um, Corey Bernardi's office was trashed. There's so many instances that I could say of bullying, and and yet these same-sex marriage activists are saying that they came having respect and tolerance. Well, I'm very sorry, but we're just not seeing it. Mm. Well, we're going to uh, open our talkback lines very shortly, and uh, once we get our conversation underway with Margaret Court, uh, listeners will be able to participate in our conversation today. Uh, that's a conversation that's coming just ahead on 2020. But always good and insightful comment that comes from you, Wendy Francis, in your representative role with the Australian Christian Lobby. Uh, always appreciate your insights, and thanks so much for updating us today on these issues and your thoughts here on 2020. Really appreciate talking to you, Neil. Thank you so much. 
Before you go, thanks for listening. There's lots more great audio on demand, or you can listen to us live at visionradio.org.au. And remember, Vision is listener-supported. Your donation, large or small, will help us continue connecting faith to life for hundreds of thousands of people across Australia and around the world. Learn more or donate today at visionradio.org.au.